Thank you for tuning in to Comp with Comic. I'm Brian Comp, and we're with the comic Michelle Drozdick. Michelle Drozdick, how the hell are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, well, I'm, I'm here with the, the just the person behind the biggest show in the history of time called Message in a Bottle. And <laughs> if, if you're thinking that it's the police song Message in a Bottle, no. If you're thinking it's the romantic comedy Message in a Bottle with Kevin Costner and whomever, no. It's her about a bottle named Tito. And if you look at the pictures, she's looking into a, a vodka bottle, you know, a Tito's brand vodka bottle. So tell us about Message in a Bottle. And like you're like, fuck it. I'm going to I'm going to use the name Message in a Bottle. I know there's other messages in a, a bottle, but this is the only one that goes to dark and hilarious places, right? Exactly. I, I, this is the message in a bottle that you haven't heard of. And then if you Google, you won't be able to find any information about it unless you Google it with my name, which was such a great decision on my yes, part. Yes, because you, I mean, you, you variably uh, bill yourself as Ms. Michelle Draws Dork, and you do that at, at Draws Phallic as the Twitter name. And on yeah. Instagram, it's MKDraws, D-R-O-Z. And so, yeah, finding a message in a bottle becomes that much easier when you learn her social handles. It really does. And <laughs> yes, it's a, a solo show. I uh, did it for the first time at uh, the Pitts uh, Solo Com Festival in 2018. And then I just did it as many times as I could for a year, which turned out to be 14 times. Whoa, I didn't like, know you could do it that many times. Was it all in New York City? Um, let me think. Um, three were in New Jersey. Uh, I just kind of took it around to whoever would was interested uh whoever would have me it was a lot of fun i got to do it at a lot of different places and then after 14 times i kind of felt like okay this is done for now and, and just put it yes. in the- and then a pandemic will come and you're ready to resume it i mean are you doing it online or are you just going to wait until uh the world opens up i'm actually going to do it online i'm doing a one-time reading where uh, originally it was like a staged uh, solo play with you know a set and everything um a set that i could schlep back and forth in a very big backpack but, <laughs> um but yes i'm doing a, a one-time online reading of it my director adrian sexton is going to do the stage directions and uh, john vogel who handled the tech um at the show when i did it live is going to be kind of helping out with like some little zoom technicalities yeah. And so kind of like, are they just kind of such big believers in the project and, and kind of, you know, let us know about the project, because if it's kind of a labor of love, something that you're so passionate that you're schlepping around big, big sets in your backpack and you're going to New Jersey to do it in 14 times in one year just sounds hellish. Like, you know, to go through such a grueling schedule, it has to be something you love. So, so of course it's going to be hilarious, but it also goes to a place dark. So what can you kind of tell us that, you know, what about that message in the Tito's bottle uh, is worthy of an entire show? And and Michelle Drozdick's uh, best efforts? Uh, the message is that I'm an alcoholic. Oh, but okay. um, it's actually, um, it's a show about um, a young woman who's not necessarily me, but is very much based <laughs> on me, who meets um, a, a nice bottle of vodka named Tito. Wow. And Tito wow. has googly eyes taped on him. Uh, <laughs> he has a necktie. He has plastic forks for arms. And she goes on a date with Tito. She falls in love with Tito. Uh, she gets into a relationship with Tito. And, you know, they're very happy together. But then <sighs> as time goes on, 
things start happening and Tito isn't quite the upstanding young bottle that she thought he was. And it's well, sort well of... that's, I mean, first of all, you know, imagine my surprise, you know, that, that, you know, how could that go bad? It's a hilarious premise. And I think that I saw, Oh, Oh, hello on Broadway. I saw the, you know, the Netflix thing. And I think they stole the whole Tito thing because they, they had a Mr. Pillow man, which was just a pillow that had googly eyes, uh, had it yeah, taped on there and, and paper towel arms. And I think that Nick Kroll and John Mulaney stole it from Michelle Drosdick. I am not sure when Toy Story 4 came out exactly, but it was, uh, I think, it was right around the time when I was, it may have come a little before, but I didn't see Toy Story 4 until last year. And just Sporky is the children's version of Tito. Ah. So you kind of took it from Toy Story, and I think probably Oh Hello probably took it from Toy Story as well, if they were not borrowing borrowing from Michelle Drostick. It's, they were all borrowing it from me, but. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was, Even. I'm. I have three and a half years without a drink myself. It's like, I'm never going back to that, but this show was kind of a way to, to talk about harder times without, I didn't want to do a show that was just, and then this happened. And then I drank (laughs) some more and it was sad. And I wanted to do something that anyone, whether, whether you've had a drinking problem or not, that you could kind of relate to it. Oh yeah, because all of us have used drinking to excess as a as a sort of crutch at one point in time. So the fact that you know you took this thing out on a date and you're like, oh, this is actually working for me. This is working out. People can be like, oh yeah, there was a time there when drinking kind of worked out for me. And then you know, like any foreboding, any kind of uh, you know harbingers of danger or whatever that you kind of uh, you're able to kind of drop these hints and everybody's like, oh yeah, this this shit's gonna go bad. Yes. <laughs> And so, yeah, I mean, like, and I guess you're right, too, that had you zoomed in instead of made this, I don't know if it's a metaphor or, or whatever it is, or an allegory, I'm never clear on these English literature terms, but... Um, I majored in English, and it all just blends together. Oh, good, yeah, all these things. I never know irony and sarcasm and all these things put together, I just, or satire, I guess they're all kind of related. Um, but had you zoomed in to the whole, you know, addiction thing, it would have been the most tired thing ever you know every every day is the same you know you're like you wake up you're like i'm not gonna drink or in my case eat and i also have a you know a recovering alcoholic friend and we're able to kind of bond over all this stuff because i'm a food addict and he's an alcoholic in recovery and he's had to work super hard you know work the program super hard to kind of um to kind of save his own life and so we're able to kind of bond over this but if you look at these things really close up instead of hilarious, you know, metaphors or whatever, like, it's just the, it would have been the worst show ever. You know, I wake up, I don't want to fucking, I'm not going to drink today. And of course, by 5 p.m., when you get off at 5 p.m., you're drinking at 5.01. Yeah, I once got, I was once lucky enough, I got, I had a couple of reviews of the show. And one reviewer had said something about how, um, how Tito, like, was the best part of the show, which... (laughs) Considering he's my scene partner and it's a solo show, no, but what, he <laughs> meant by it, what he meant by it was that um, he actually like went on to say that it adds something to it. It kind of makes the experience a little funnier and more engaging and uh, because yeah. otherwise it's really just a show about a lonely woman moping in her apartment, which is yeah. true with like, I mean, di- I didn't necessarily want to write a scene where I'm just laying in bed because I'm. Um, drunk and miserable it's it's funnier when you have this bottle who's just this ridiculous character and who does get very dark by the end to the point that it's not so much a comedy anymore but 
yeah, just having that bottle, I think, did make a difference, just even in me enjoying doing the show. Yeah, and like how, you know, because you're a comedian, were, were you able to kind of, because you've gone through it and it wasn't really acting, did it make that it, it that much uh, more easy to summon these things on a nightly basis or on a regular basis where you were able to summon the whole feelings of angst and things and to be able to perform them for an audience, even though you've kind of, you know, reached the point of that angst? Like, you, you know, the angst is no longer fresh if you're just kind of summing it on command on, on stage. Like, you know, do you think you had dramatic actress chops or was it just so fresh in your mind that it was easy to do? Like, hmm. are you are you crying? Are you yelling? Are you raging? It's, I considered myself a writer before I am a performer, but at the same time, this show especially, it, it was hard at first, I think, a little. Even, I was always able to draw on those emotions, but after doing it several times, it's, I just found that, like, you just, I was drawing on um, the emotions I really felt at the time. And I think that really helped. It's even though it's, I mean, obviously, no, I did not date a self-aware bottle of vodka. It's <laughs> being able to draw on the memory of what really did happen did kind of make it easier to perform. Yeah. It's it was almost therapeutic in a way because it it is a show about like your lowest lows, but it's also kind of I mean spoiler alert, it, I don't drink now. It does end pretty much on a pretty big high, a, oh, a good, good. high so to speak. Yeah, and uh, it's it, it it I feel as though doing this show and hopefully people watching this show, it's self affirming in a way. It's you can go very dark and come out on top in the end and that is a very long-winded answer to your question i oh, know I, lo I love the long-winded because it really explains because because i would think if you stopped the show in the middle it could almost be a trigger because you're like oh shit i do remember that the first couple of dates with this uh, this tito's bottle were pretty good but yeah. by the end because you have to perform the whole show you're like ah oh, shit i gotta perform you know the highs and the lows and so it's it could not be a trigger because i'm always going to perform it in its entirety Exactly. There's even a line kind of towards the end, a spoiler again, about how, um, you know, realizing you can remember the good times, you can remember the great times and the fun times, but they're always tied together with the really awful times. And you kind of realize you can't have one without the other. And I guess the show kind of exists in that reality, too. And, and, and you know doing this show and kind of getting the response and I, and I guess let's explore the response first like are you getting people who come to the show who come up to you afterwards and are really kind of um you know able to relate and are thankful that you kind of uh did it in an entertaining way that was memorable and be like oh shit i do remember the the dating phase and i do remember the the, the times when you couldn't get out of bed i have gotten that and that's been amazing i mean not amazing that people <laughs> this wording but it, it's been amazing to kind of talk to people and realize you know you're not alone no one's really alone and yeah it, it, people people uh, who I even know like have shared stories with me and I never would have imagined yeah. that they went through these things and you kind of realize just how much people can kind of keep up bottled up uh, pardon the pun <laughs> and 
I will can keep say up appearances. Time. Yeah, appearances to the fact, you know, somebody's so close to you and you didn't know that they were suffering too. It's cool to, to be like, uh, even these most bulletproof seeming people are going through the same types of shit. Yes, and I will say there was one guy I will never forget when I did it in uh, Jersey City who came, I did it at this kind of, it was an art gallery that like would do, you could put up performances there as well. And it was a lot of fun. It was the, I, the second time I did it um, out of state and this guy came up after, and I don't know if he was on something or drinking a little himself, but it, like, oh, he loved the show, but he didn't realize what the metaphor was about. And he offered <sighs> me, and, and he, was, he offered you vodka. A beer, actually, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it like, like he still enjoyed it, though. He's like, he I did. liked it so much. Here's a beer, and you're like, Well, I, I'm glad that somebody who doesn't get it still likes it. Yes, but it was just, I was just, I, I, I'm so honored he came. I'm so honored he enjoyed it. But <laughs> at the same time, I just kept thinking, How did you see this show? And yes. just think it was about a woman dating booze with all these alcoholism jokes yeah, it was like, I, I thought it was silly i liked it I, I really i really love that too and did you break it to him like did you, because I, I mean i would think he would have felt stupid and be dri driven to drink if it was like oh shit she just revealed that this thing was working on a fairly obvious second level and i didn't get it i feel stupid let me go drink 25 more beer he was very surprised and I do think I think he was already a little drunk when he got there and it's and I don't want to make fun of that. It's he may have been going through a tough time himself. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, have you since replaced it? You know, I, I suppose in putting on the show, you know, entertaining others, you found the kind of the natural high that you've been seeking that will never have. You know, you said with the alcohol, take the good with the bad, you know, to remember the good is to remember the bad. But here you know, you've created something where it's just all good. You know, I suppose you got to schlep around the Tito's in the backpack, but it's, you know, the collaborations who are, you know, the collaborators who are helping out, even when it's going online, like those are just rich relationships. And it, it sounds like it's all good. Is it, is it rare to stumble upon something that's all good? Uh, yeah, very much. <laughs> it sounds it's usually bad. occurring in nature. It's like, yeah, people putting on a fun show or, or going to look at a, a pretty tree, like all that stuff is all good. It's like, why do we forget that? Yeah, it's, and even then, I mean, with the show, there's, like, there's challenges, there's, like, I'll do, like, I'll have done a show and been like, oh, that wasn't my best tonight, like, I'm very critical on myself, so I might not always enjoy it as much as I should, but I always do enjoy it. Yeah. And so, yeah, and I think, you know, how are you going to follow up on that? That's the big thing, like, you know, when somebody has kind of a, a life-defining project like this. You know, oh, you said after you did it yeah, 14 times in a year and you're like, OK, I'm ready to put that on the shelf. You know, what What do you take off the shelf? What do you do instead? Like, what's next? Is it just your, you know, your comedy as such? You can find comedy in anything and it doesn't have to be rooted in your life necessarily. Are you realizing that over the quarantine? Yeah, definitely. It's like when I stopped doing the show, I didn't really know what was next. I, I mean, I had like a few projects in mind, but then. 2020 happened and just kind of derailed <laughs> everything yeah and i'm definitely finding i like um i like relaxing more and I, i'm still doing <laughs> stuff i mean i'm doing um i'm never gonna stop producing stuff and and performing and writing i i write a sketch with the armory uh here in new york which has gone virtual now um i'm always writing and 
doing things that's uh, I, I've been writing a lot less uh or, or I'm writing a lot more non-comedy mm-hmm. uh I, I like poetry and fiction and all that other insufferable stuff that I do um yeah I write poetry too I was, I was pitching my poetry to Rebe- Rebecca Kaplan I guess she's got an alter ego that that is part of the Furious Gazelle or, or a poetry magazine and so she was like yeah submit your stuff and I was like I was just kind of kidding like like letting you know that I also do poetry and I think poetry is just a, a legitimate art form so you're doing that but also socially distant improv and draws I guess socially distant improv presents Drazula and so uh that's you and you have a comedy partner so it's Michelle Drazdick and also Kim Alu Oh, are you on Instagram now? Oh, yeah. Sure. I, yes. Um, that was a one-time show I did. It was a uh, oh, socially distant improv is great. They um do uh improv shows on Instagram, and they're just wonderful. Uh, Kim Wu is actually one of the founders, and we did a, a show together. And uh, yeah, I've been doing that. I was every so often I'll pop in and with socially distant improv. It's been a bit, but they are incredible Uh, i also recently was in a children's anthology that came out through uh, harvard uh, their undergraduate division a bunch of the students uh, had this uh, organization called uh, harvard harvard college children's stories and they put out an anthology for uh, children that's all covid themed but like uplifting it's covid themed but it's unlifting uplifting Yes, it's like all about coming together um, in strange times. And um, is is a CUNY kid, you know, anything related to Harvard, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, and how did you even find out about that opportunity? Were you on some sort of like, you know, here are the the writers who everybody should contact in the event they have a new thing? Because, you know, it's like it hasn't been going on for years. Like Harvard just started this thing. You know, do, do, do they have draws phallic on speed dial? Like, how did you learn about the opportunity? Was it in Writer's Market or something? Like, was there a COVID edition of Writer's Market? I, I found it online, uh, searching for uh, writing opportunities, uh, places to submit. Um, it's where most of my, th- that's how I find most of my opportunities lately for like fiction and poetry. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I just found a call online and I submitted. Nice. And then it's, an, it's a children's story though. And so like that, that's one of your writing chops too. You can write for children. Yes, apparently it turns out I can write for children, not <laughs> my Harvard. Harvard about. says so, at least, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, it's. I would not recommend the children who read these stories go see my psychological <laughs> comedy dramas about alcoholism. That was my ne- yeah. That was my, yeah. That was my next question. I was like, you know, maybe they're like that guy. They're like, this is silly. I like this. She married the bottle. And Pee Wee Herman used to used to marry a fruit salad. And then all of a sudden there's the scene where I'm lying on the ground, just like in total despair, having humiliated <laughs> myself and just, uh, oh, mommy. Yeah, like, like to, to me, it became a crutch. Like even, you know, although I'm a food guy, drinking became something I kind of paired with it until, you know, just kind of last kind of last year or so or something like that in the last nine months. And what I found that hit me first was, was like I had digestion difficulties <laughs> and like I didn't know that was a thing. Like I, I knew it was a thing. It's like a very famous phrase that refers to drinking and digestion, like the link between the two. It's a diuretic. And I always thought that had to do with urinating frequently, but it also has to do with the other thing. And I was like, 
holy shit, like that didn't dawn upon me. I didn't put two and two together. And that was the thing that stopped me. Like for you to, you know, like, I, you know, I don't want you to share your bottom, but if there's anything you could say about it, that's entertaining. Well, you know, like what kind of got you from, you know, the, the darkest depths of that to Michelle Drozdick and, and the, the message in a bottle? Uh, well, first of all, congratulations on, you know, confronting your own demons, because I, I know how hard that is. And it's, I'm always really excited and happy when I hear, you know, someone else has pulled themselves out of that place because it's not a fun place. But that's demon light, though. Like, meaning like, like even like an alcoholic friend of mine, I think he used to pair it with cocaine or something. And like certain people on cocaine paired it with something like, like with pot or something. For me, the alcohol is just, yeah, it's a habit. It's a crutch. It was a secondary thing. The minute I kick food, I will take those congratulations because that's the demon. <laughs> It's alcohol for me was a demon light. Food is the real fucking deal demon. Let me tell you. I mean, the hardest part is admitting that. So the hardest part. So I I am still giving you congratulations. Thank you. uh, I'll take it from Michelle Drozdick. She's written the book on it. She's written the play on it. (laughs) But uh, right. um, I guess my moment, I guess I realized I just couldn't keep doing this anymore. I couldn't keep living the way I was living. I, realized you know how they always say oh I I realized that if I didn't stop my addiction I was going to die I kind of realized that that can be metaphoric as well that I could live to be a hundred but as long as I was drinking every day I wasn't alive I and and once you realize that and once you embarrass yourself enough times you (laughs) I don't know I I had that moment where it was just no more and after that moment, it was December 27th, 2016. I have done this Trump presidency without a single drink, which is not <laughs> and a, pa- a pandemic and Black Lives Matter and things. And so it's, you know, now you found out what life really is, though. You you had to fill up your life. You know, I think, you know, alcohol or an ad- addiction can make people's lives pretty small. And uh, sobriety is kind of a way to open it up, especially if you work a program. But have you noticed that kind of you've had to fill up your life with a lot of constructive stuff and, and life is kind of worth living. And if you live to be 100, it's like you will have lived a thousand lifetimes instead of the zero lifetimes that would have happened if you had kept drinking. Exactly. Yes. And I even like I've had to catch myself, like especially the first couple of years, it was it I had discovered performing and kind of like getting up on stage like in 2016, like really the same year I quit drinking. I'm very new to all this. And I'd been writing for years before that, though. But it was sort of, I definitely did kind of replace one addiction with another at first, where it was like, let's do improv every night of the week. And I sort of had to find a balance there as well. It's, I've, yeah, I have had to fill my life with other things, but then it almost becomes sort of an exercise of don't let that replace what you were doing before because performing every night isn't going to mess you up the way an alcohol addiction is. But, you know, you're, if, if you're not, it's easy to not live and just sort of put all your energy into one thing. I love that. It's like, uh, don't let this, don't let them, them fool you, kids. Uh, improv can still be, uh, still be deadly. It can still be, if you do it every night, you can abuse improv or sketch or comedy. You can abuse it. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I, but I have found that balance, and it's, 
when you find the balance, it's so much better. And I think most people who quit an addiction kind of have that thing they replace it with at first and then have to learn to have a healthier relationship with. Oh, and I told my buddy that he was worried a little bit about eating too many carbs and like, what if I gain weight? I'm like, dude, that's not your thing. Food is my thing. You leaning on food for a second to get out of, get you out of old habits is, is a good thing. And I think eventually he quit food too. And so we're, we're going to pay attention to Michelle Drozdick because message in a bottle is going to be online. And so yes. uh, follow her at Draws Phallic. And also if you can, I mean, it's kind of private right now, but MK Draws, if you follow her, she might follow you back and you can see the dates that that's going to come out, right? When, when can you expect that? Oh, it's going to be uh, August 18th at 6 p.m. Uh, it's going to be hosted through the Armory. And you can uh, get a free ticket to watch. Uh, just email thearmorycomedy at gmail.com and say you want to see Message in a Bottle. And that'll yes. get you on the list. They'll send you a link. It's on Zoom. And it, well, you'll get the link probably a couple of hours to an hour before a showtime. Good. We can't have Zoom bombers during this serious, this somewhat serious show. <laughs> yes, pl- yes, please, please do not Zoom bomb. <laughs> but yes, I mean, let me check that out. And of course, the Armory Comedy at gmail.com, it, it is? Yes, yes. Okay. And, and when, yeah, when you request a ticket saying, I want to see Message in a Bottle, they send you the link. But also they say, who doesn't want to see that? I I was very shocked if that is what what, what is happening, but that they, they they should they they you know they they should know better they should fucking do that. So Michelle Drozdick, thank you so so much for coming on. Thank you, thank you so much for having me.